0: Hey guys, it's Hunter Henry of the LA Chargers. Welcome to the Caps On Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy, and thanks for listening.
1: Welcome to
0: the Caps On Podcast,
1: coming to you from the Capitol,
0: with your hosts, Nick Tobias,
1: Tyler Bloomstick, and Michael Britton.
2: Welcome back to the Caps on Sports podcast. We've had a long, long layover, um, longer than we've ever imagined. Uh, last time we came live to you guys was what, before the um, NCAA conference tournaments. I can't yeah, even do tell either. you how
0: long it's been.
3: It was
2: like the beginning of March, had to be.
1: We were rearing been up been for while. baseball season, March Madness, and now that's all uh, distant memory.
0: Now I'm sitting on my couch watching reruns on SNY of the Mets.
2: I'm playing a lot of Call of Duty. You can always only watch so much of um, old sports games. Um, they keep running them over and over and over and over again.
0: Yeah,
3: I gotta. Like, give, yeah,
2: they put up different ones, but like. But
0: it's good though. I gotta. Give, watch I gotta give on. the NFL props for, um, you know, at least doing what they can to keep this NFL draft happening because
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, we need it. I mean, I need. I, I mean, I've been doing my research the past couple of days, and it's been nice to kind of get my head back into sports, current sports, not past sports. Um, So I got to tip my cap off to uh, the NFL for getting this right.
2: Yeah, I mean, we we still don't know what exactly is going to happen. Like, yes, obviously it's going to be remote. Um, I mean, we're Giants fans, so we hear all the news about how Dave Gettleman isn't so tech savvy. But there was a tweet today that I saw that Dave Gettleman had to go to his son's graduation of some sort. Yeah, 2014. 2014. 2014. And he used Skype, so he's good. He is. He's (laughs) going to have another control.
1: (laughs) So at least he he knows that.
0: Yeah, he'll still end up messing um, it up some way, knowing Dave Gettleman.
2: Yeah, so it's going to be weird going forward. Like a lot of teams are also saying how this is impacting their draft process. It's cutting it short because they haven't been able to get out and do pro days, interviews, meet with people mm-hmm. um, for maybe about the last month and a half. So, but I was listening on WFAN and they were saying how it could be the complete opposite because you could overthink like with that extra month and a half, you can overthink a pick and you, somebody can catch your eye and you can jump out and you can be like, Hey, I love this guy. This guy put in hustle because I saw him live at his pro day, but he could be a bust. And like, so the thing is with the draft, you just never, never know.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. They're working with limited information here. What one of the, um, one of the big things here is, is like player health and stuff like that. If a guy missed an entire season or missed part of a season, and you can't get him in to see your doctors,
0: <laughs> Tua. You're not
1: gonna, yeah, like Tua. You know, Tua obviously had some very you know prominent injuries throughout his uh, college career. And the rumor now is that he's sliding all he's sliding draft sliding down draft boards uh, off some draft boards. It's just because you can't get him in to see your doctor. So you're going off what he says, what somebody else says, and you have no information of your own so that's for a team like and guys you know it's for is adding a game. whole
0: another facet to this whole mm-hmm. drafting process i mean now it's no. a whole bunch of like you're saying intangible stuff that you i mean you're not even gonna be able to meet with half these guys mm-hmm. uh, i mean we've heard the reports that the Bengals are calling um burrow once a week just to get him on the phone i mean it, it's ridiculous you know you, he wants to be to a, a winner win. man he wants to be a winner on a
2: losing organization I don't understand that but yeah that that team is not ready to even put up an eight and eight season so I don't (laughs) know what he thinks is gonna happen I mean look I'm not saying he's an unrealistic guy I'm sure he knows exactly what he's stepping into but no but he's it's
0: it's 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 good for him though because he's such a clear-cut number one overall draft pick in 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 this aspect that he doesn't have to worry Um, but it's like the guys like like we were saying with Tua and Herbert, like those are the guys that need to do a little extra to stand out. And mm-hmm. it's tough because, I mean, Tua with his his injury history, um, Herbert supposedly has the brain, but you can't really pick his brain over Skype like you can face to face.
2: So it'll it's, be, true. It'll and be even breaking down tapes. Like, obviously, like guy, the teams like to get guys in, throw up their own tape up on the screen and walk them through plays where they've made mistakes. And like, say they, th- Say you're throwing a curl route to a receiver on the outside and the safety comes under and jumps it, or the corner comes under and jumps it. But like, obviously you didn't see him in a blind spot or something. They'll ask you, be like, Hey, like, is this something we can work on? Or is this you? Is this what we're getting? Yeah. And And you can't really do that with a guy like as effectively as you would like.
0: Exactly. Like that, that one-on-one, that coach on player interaction is so important because that's how you know, if you can mold, you know, a person to be who you want them to be. Like I know, um, I'm a big fan of Jordan Love, and I know Jordan Love is – he he's a he's a project. I mean, you buy him, you, you draft him to stash him away for a couple years to have him learn and figure it out. But it's going to be tough to figure out what his strengths and weaknesses are if you can't
2: physically see the guy. It's true, yeah. I mean, it's all speculation. And, like, everybody that does mock drafts only pretty much goes based off of talent and your skill on the football field. But everybody knows – when you're drafting a guy, you're drafting the guy, you're not just drafting the players. So a lot of teams take that into consideration and, and that's what you really have to look at.
0: All right. Um, I mean, I think we can get into the draft. I know, uh, we're slowly posting, um, Mano's mock draft on our Instagram, pick by pick by pick. Um, I think the first two picks are pretty set in stone between, um, the Bengals picking Joe Burrow and then the skins going
1: next and taking chase young. Um, I mean I was yeah, it was, this... it was... Go ahead. I have been I've been doing these mock drafts for like a couple of years now just to kind of like watch guys that are coming into the league and just kind of get my own, you know, kind of baseline knowledge and try and, you know, improve my own, you know, scouting of these guys. And this is one of the harder ones um that I've ever done. Like there's no there's a lot of depth talent in this draft. I don't know if there's a lot of like top end talent even you know even burrow is Mm -hmm. like not the greatest like he's he's one of the better quarterbacks that like i've seen in the past like four or five drafts but like he's obviously the best one in this one uh, the best quarterback in this draft but i'm not sure you know how that projects based on like other guys that might have had higher grades when they were coming out like a sam darnold uh kind of deal
3: I, I, you, I know but... we touched on this, like with Joe Burrow, like he's had one great season. Like, who knows if one, he's even gonna one really
1: good ball. season of production. Yeah. And that offense was was built for him, right? And they had um, Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator, uh, and he's moved on. He's now in um, Carolina with Matt Rule. So, if he if Joe Burrow shows up to to Cincinnati you know, day one and they have this playbook built out for him and it doesn't fit him, obviously one has to change. And does Burrow get better in this new system or does Zach Taylor and the Bengals cater to cater to the quarterback and nine times out of 10, you're going to cater to the quarterback. So it's going to, it's, it's definitely going to see, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how, you know, he plays out after having one solid season of production. And he wasn't bad his, his, um, his first year at LSU he was just making some simple mistakes and, and he was able to fix that. So that's a positive on his end to, you know, be able to evaluate himself and, yeah, well, and he's pretty much show some signs of
0: growth, you know, showing some mm-hmm. signs of growth, especially, I mean, even though it's college and, you know, the leap from college to the NFL is, is drastic. Right. Um, but he was still playing change. in the SEC. Exactly. So at least
1: he was doing it in the most d- difficult um,
0: conference in college. Absolutely. Um, but the, the real question is, I think is it's, I mean, obviously the draft starts with Detroit at three. Um, Mm -hmm. If they choose to pick or if they choose to trade out, I mean, you know, Miami and LA are going to be trying, I mean, I think they're going to try to jump up to that three spot to grab who they like. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, especially LA, because Miami might take their guy. Um, I mean, Detroit's in a tough spot. I mean, they just traded away Darius Slay. They got Desmond Truffaut in return. Um, Their defense isn't good. Their offense isn't, really good um what, what, what are we thinking i know you haven't taken okuda man out
1: um and i yeah, think that's, my, that's the, the safe pick that's the safe pick Taking right.
0: okuda at three
1: the mock draft that is being posted now to the instagram at caps on uh, sports um was done with no trades right so if i was the lions gm i would trade that pick you're in a situation where you don't really have that much talent on defense and you just traded away your best player who's a cornerback, right? So if you bring in Okuda, he's going to fill that void, but you still stunk with Darius Slay. Yeah. So if you bring in Okuda and expect the world to change, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that's a safe pick. That being said, if they trade back to four or five, if they trade back, you know, anywhere probably within the first, like, seven spots, just based on other teams' needs, they're still probably going to end up with Okuda. So you know, the thing
2: is, like, if you don't want to delay your draft, like, your team's progress, like, in your rebuild stage, there's only maybe three teams in this draft that are candidates to move up. Um, and with And keeping in mind that you, as the team holding that, say, three or four pick as Detroit or the Giants, that you would want to move back. And, and those teams are Miami, the Chargers, and Jacksonville. They're the only teams with multiple picks and picks in the middle of the round to the point where you're still not giving up much by trading out of the top five. And you're, you're still keeping your return and, and able to do something with it and not just basically giving a gift. Because this whole draft, I think, and we've touched on it, but I think it's all pretty much dictated on the second quarterback off the board. And it's going to be between Tua or Herbert, or maybe we get a shock with Jordan Love kind of like, we got the shock with Daniel Jones last year, but Mm -hmm. you just truly never, never know.
0: No. And I mean, the race for the three spot is really going to determine how the rest of this draft goes. Now the Detroit only has two picks in the first two rounds, um, And, you know, they are they're obviously in a rebuilding stage and and their head coach is very defensive
1: minded, which Uh, is why I think it's very obvious to trade back. They don't have that many picks. The defense was in shambles. You traded away your best player who was a cornerback. Don't bring in the same position without getting something else back, especially if you have the avenue to to do so. And if you don't get a cuda, if somebody jumps you and takes a cuda, then you can pick C.J. Henderson, who's. the the hot rumor now is that he's going to be a top ten cornerback. I don't know if that's just based on the like the 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 drop off in the cornerback class talent or if it's he's that good. From what I'm watching him, he's he's like a very good guy. He's a very good cornerback. He makes, you know, good plays. He's keeping at Florida, he's keeping again SEC wide receivers like in check. But he's not as good as Akuda and i don't think he's i i don't think he's a top 10 a top 10 pick if i was picking it's just not safe and i tend to lean more on like the safer side mm-hmm.
0: well especially if you're going top 10 you you are taking somebody that you're not taking a risk on whether you need right. it or not you you want to be certain
1: mm-hmm.
0: because because are the, the, the capital for those picks is so high especially you know like we could talk about Detroit at 3 i mean that 3 pick is so valuable especially with the amount of um talent at the quarter well maybe not the amount of talent but the talent at the quarterback position and the teams Mm -hmm. that need a quarterback you know Miami the Chargers you can even see Jacksonville maybe taking a quarterback um I mean the Steelers the Steelers I heard there's no way that the Patriots are going to come away from draft day without taking a quarterback so I mean Colts you mentioned Green Bay I didn't even mention Green Bay. I know Green Bay is looking for yeah, I mean, there's a whole bunch of candidates that are trying to get quarterbacks in this draft. And if you're thinking defense, why not trade back? You know, you trade the three mm-hmm. pick, you get two first rounders for who would say no? Why would you say no? Right.
2: It's just I mean, it, it's, look, if if yeah, I'm Miami, I'm like I I'm the only thing the only issue I have with my current draft situation, just assessing it from a high level, is the fact that Detroit and the Giants like are ahead of you and you don't really know what they're taking. But if they say Miami had like the third pick or even the fourth pick and they were fine with Tua or Herbert, they would be in the most prime position. But the Mm -hmm. fact that they really need a quarterback and they can possibly get jumped if they don't put their foot on the gas and really go after that third pick, then their drafts, they could totally bust this draft. Like you can get two good guys at the end of the round, yes, but like absolutely. if you're still in the same quarterback situation after, you're not going to get your
1: yeah, you're not going like your you to get your quarterback in the future. In like that, Miami's got a
2: crazy amount of
0: picks in this draft, where they have ten, or is that the is that the Raiders that has 10, 10 picks? Somebody has ten picks in this draft. Miami's draft capital, what they're sitting on right now, is high enough where you know you just burn two first rounders just to get your guy. But I know, man, I know you and I have been talking about how Miami's guy might be Tua. And what if they're not certain on them? You know, uh, mm-hmm. the uncertainty factor in Miami with these with, with the quarterback position, um, they can't they can't be taking risks either,
1: right? And to to that point, if you, if the the rumor now is that Tua Tagovailoa is off of some draft boards, and like I said earlier, he's sliding. If Miami is one of those teams, right? And you don't want to pick Tua because his injury history and you don't know what you're going to get in him because you haven't seen him like up close because of all that's going on right now. Um, and obviously a global pandemic wasn't in anybody's draft hands. But um, if if you don't want him, don't force yourself into Justin Herbert if you don't think that you have the the capabilities to develop him. And obviously every NFL franchise is going to be like, I think I can develop that guy that's just, you know, arrogance Mm -hmm. around the league and confidence in your own abilities. That's fine. But why take that risk if you, you know, don't believe in Tua. You have a quarterback in Fitzmagic that's going to not win you games. But at least he'll get you through a season. Yeah, right. He'll get you through. He'll get you right. He'll get you. He'll get you through a season and you're in the same situation next year with the fourth, but you first, have Josh Rosen second, first him. pick, something like um, that, right? I mean, you, so like, or you're you, you play top Josh – I, I year, don't know why fine. they would give exactly. him a shot. Exactly. Or you play Josh Rosen and best case scenario is that he's the Josh Rosen that was drafted, you know, when he went to Arizona or was supposed to be when he was drafted in Arizona. Or he stinks too when you're in the same boat, you know? Like it, it, it's –
0: I mean, you spe- I, if Miami spends their picks this year on you know their 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 first second round picks, you know, to build the team more than just building the quarterback position, they'll be just fine. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can still take a quarterback in the third fourth fifth round and right. get away with something if you, you get lucky. If not, then like you said, you, if you're especially if they're that high on um, Trevor Lawrence coming out next year, why not just? Mm-hmm say you know what let me just wait on I'll wait for next year I'll wait for next year
1: right well they paid they paid Byron Jones to kind of be the the cornerback the there the number one guy so like to me that says they want to win sooner rather than later so I think they're going to end up drafting a quarterback whether it be Tua or um, Justin Herbert I think we can move on with the uh, yeah. yeah, first couple picks yeah, there absolutely something that I wanted to touch on too was the wide receivers in this draft this is a deep draft deep. class and I know you guys have kind of been watching some of the the top end guys. Do you have like a like a power ranking between like Ceedee Lamb, Jerry Judy, and Henry uh, and Henry Ruggs?
2: Yeah, I would say I would go with Judy, Lamb, and Ruggs, and I don't think there's going to be much argument with me putting Ruggs at three. But <laughs> no, I think where the the disparity comes on some people's boards is between Judy and Lamb, where they're Very similar players in the sense that they're playmakers. Um, They're a little undersized to the top of the board. They're both a little bit undersized and and they're quick. Um, CD Lamb, I believe, is quicker. Um, I would compare CD Lamb more to a Tyreek Hill esque playmaker kind of guy. Going to catch a a quick slant on your own 25 and take it to the house 75 yards. Whereas Judy is more of a complete receiver. I don't want to go as far as comparing him to like Julio or those guys, but like I think Judy has a much higher ceiling for a career as CD Lamb is more explosive, one-play potential, Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill kind of guy. So, yeah, I mean, I'm also big on Justin Jefferson, and he's even, he doesn't even crack my top three, but I'm just holding off and praying that the Eagles don't well, take him because I really like him a lot.
1: That's the hot rumor right now. It's like Justin, it's like Justin Jefferson at 19 is like their pick, like bar none.
2: Um, the thing is, like, I could see Denzel Mims being the best receiver out of here, or Brandon
1: Ayuk. Like, these guys
2: are big, big physical. There is a lot quick.
1: of depth in this wide receiver class. Like, they're like, if you don't, if you're a team, right, and you don't love, and you miss out on Rugs or, um, or Jerry Judy or CeeDee Lamb or Mims or Jefferson or however it shakes out.
0: I mean, T Higgins out of Clemson is a beast. I mean, that guy's a monster mm-hmm. too. I mean, he's more of the prototypical number one wide receiver, big guy on the end. You could toss the ball up in the air to him. You know, he's going to fight for it and come down with it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like. And then you got your. Of, go ahead.
1: You got your Jalen Rager's type who are, you know, the fast uh, Jalen Rager from TCU and yeah. Brandon IU from Arizona state. There's those guys project maybe a little bit more like speed guys, whether you mm-hmm. want to stick them on the outside and just turn and burn, or you want to stick them on the inside and, Mm-hmm. you know see if you can run a slant take it, you know 60 yards or whatever there's yeah. a lot of depth and there's a lot of different types of receivers in this draft and it really comes down to team needs so like you might have a guy that like was projected in the fifth round or fourth round going a little bit earlier just because he fits a team's need and the drop isn't that
2: um i see that with denzel mims um like i think he's one of the most complete receivers in this class, but I see him as a fit on a team like the Ravens, where they have burners like John Brown, or mm-hmm. John Brown on John Brown and no. Hollywood Brown. No, yeah, there you go. There you go. No, I know it's Hollywood Brown, but they ha- who's their second? They might have Holy John sheep. Brown. No, they don't have John Brown. John Brown's on the Bills. John Brown's on the Bills. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, you have a burner like Hollywood Brown that can take the top off a of defense, but then you also need that big-bodied, physical guy like Mims. Who has good hands who can move the chains who can mm-hmm. get you those 10 15 yard completions when you need them um but yeah i mean it's well, I, I know all we talked, a little, quarterback, know we talked a little bit about Tyreek Hill before i know we talked a little
0: bit about tyree kill before and in relation to that chiefs offense i mean you figure out on the end they have two big guys and they have two speedy guys you know you, you have tyree and you have mccall hardman burning down the sides and you have denard robinson and sammy Watkins, two big receivers that have a big target that Mahomes can throw to and and Kelsey. I mean, some of these teams I think are building a little bit more on the smaller wide receiver. And I don't think that's the way to go at all. And I know some of them are just missing a big one. Like I know the giants are missing, you know, that big receiver on the edge to just throw the ball, like, like Ploxico, you know, like like Eli was just able to chuck the ball up to Plox and Plox is going to come down with it. Um, You know, right now there's a bunch of teams that I think are in need of that bigger wide receiver and, but I, I don't think the bigger wide receiver is valued as high as these smaller playmaking quick mm-hmm. route running. Like I know um, Jerry Judy's route running abilities are head over, you know, they're ridiculous. Um, but it, in relation to where, cause I know we were talking, we were talking before, I guess we got a little bit derailed about Judy or lamb first. Um, I, I like CD lamb a lot. Uh, you know, that Oklahoma offense is a high powered offense and um, he's a quick guy, man. And, and I think he's, going to project out to be better um again it also kind of it's in the same way the quarterbacks it depends what team they go on um like i know they, they're talking about the the wide receiver starting to go off around 10 and 11 between the jets and the raiders um you know that's kind of where the the wide receiver need kind of starts um so it'll be interesting to see who these teams pick first and you know where it pans out i think as soon as a one wide receiver goes down they're all going to start falling
2: I agree. Um, I got to
3: agree, too. With, like, CD Lamb, I'm definitely going to put him over Judy. I think he's just overall more physical. Um, Even though they're both explosive off the line, I'll always take the more physical guy. I know that Judy is a little more hesitant when he's going up for the ball. And if you need someone in the red zone, I'd rather put my faith in CD Lamb, just strictly over, like I said, physicality.
2: So – you guys want to pivot over to running backs? I feel like it's kind of a similar like it's obviously not as deep, but I feel like it's the same thing pretty much every single year with running backs where you have that group of three, four guys that like obviously there's outliers kinda of like the Saquon mm-hmm. and just drafting the like drafting a running back in the top of the first round. But like you have these guys that fit between twenty and maybe forty on the overall board, but every single of the every single one of those top running backs fits in within that and you truly just don't know who is gonna go. I'm just curious what you guys think. Who who do you think is the top running back? Is it Swift? Is it Dobbins? Is it Jonathan Taylor? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, I after have, that it kind of drops. I, I just off, but... have
0: to give it to Jonathan Taylor strictly for what I saw what I've seen from him in college. I mean, the running back position, I know I've talked to Mano about this, and, you know, we just saw Chris McCaffrey get absolutely paid. Um, but what these teams hate doing is paying these running backs In the running back position. I think it, especially drafting wise, it's so important because you really only have four years of control until you have to figure out if you want to pay them or let them walk. Um, I know we, Mano and I were talking about how Shermer wasted two years of Saquon's abilities. Um, and now with the John's going to have to pay up for him. I mean, it's not really paying up for him because he's Saquon, but um, Jonathan Taylor and what he's been able to do. I mean, that Wisconsin offense is really nothing. Um, you know, you, I've seen him tear it up the field through the ground over the air. Um, they
1: were they were Jonathan Taylor.
0: They were Jonathan Taylor. And I mean, that was pretty much when Stanford was McCaffery. Um mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, Penn I state with Saquon. I mean, yeah, Penn state, state with thing. Saquon. And, and when you
1: have a when you, when you have a talent, talent like that, just,
0: like you just got to feed him the ball. When you have a, a talent it's like It's different,
1: like, though. Yep. Go ahead. When you have a talent like that and he's dominating, like you can't and you're trying to win games, obviously that's the, the, the goal, especially if you're like Wisconsin in a power five conference. Your your goal isn't to develop players, your goal is to win football games. He had and he was asked to run the ball a lot. And that's kind of his red flag. Um first is the you know, the the the, the trade the, the not the trade off, the um the Before the word the is tread on tread on the, on the, the tire. Yeah. yeah tread on the tires is the is the saying um he was asked to run the ball a lot and with that he fumbled a lot but if you look at like if you look at how many times he ran the ball versus how many times he fumbled like it makes sense Mm -hmm. um so if you like cut that if if you were to cut his rushes in half like it would probably cut his fumbles too so if he's used the right way and he's not running the ball on first second third down like Mm -hmm. every single time you're on offense He's probably not going to fumble the ball as much. Yeah. It's also going it to get burned running, out bats, running that so much in the NFL. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm, exactly. Not yeah, I mean, take he's
1: that.
0: Those defensive linemen in the That's NFL different. are so much bigger and stronger too. I mean, you have four big guys and instead of really just one strong guy, you know, in the middle of the field. But the, the, the only person that I, I mean, I can't really look over Deandre Swift at Georgia because Georgia has been pumping out running backs the past three, four years with Gurley, with Sony, Michelle, um, well, Chubb. Yes, with Nick Chubb. I mean, that's three straight running backs, and I and I know Swift was in the mix too, um, last year at Georgia when, you know, one of their running backs went down. Swift would come in and fill in like, unreal. And I know he stayed another year strictly so he could, you know, be a top running back in in the draft this year. And I mean, he's explosive. The, the thing with with Georgia is I don't I do not like Jake Fromm. I don't think Jake Fromm is that talented. I don't think he's going to really make an NFL roster. He's going to be a backup. It's smart though. Well. It's career huh? backup. Yeah, well, he's yeah, yeah career, career backup. backup. Career backup, and you know, maybe that's that's probably the best job in the world to have because you don't get bumped and you still get paid for it. Um, Alex Moran. Yeah, I mean, I can't look over DeAndre Swift, um, and even Zach Moss at Utah. You know, he's he's a he puts his head down and he steamrolls down the middle of the field. I was watching a little bit of his tape. Um, he's got good vision between the tackles. And he also knows how to bounce it out too. So um, I think Zach Moss would be a, a solid pick too.
1: Nick, you hit my number one in DeAndre Swift, and you hit my sleeper in Zach Moss. So I got nothing else to say uh, there.
0: Sorry, kid. Didn't mean to do that to you. No, it's
1: okay. It's, okay. it's just the nature of this running back class where there's uh, – every. I think every running back has a a, a trait that is like, excelling above everybody else Mm -hmm. but they lack in some other areas there's no complete guy like a McCaffrey like an Elliott like a Barkley um that's the thing with Clyde Edwards Hilaire that just drives
2: me nuts is the fact that he when like when you're looking at a running back like you want like obviously you assume they can pound the ball but you also need a guy with hands that can come out of the backfield and Mm -hmm. add another dimension to your offense and Clyde Edwards Hilaire has that down he is Probably one of the best pass catching running backs. I mean, with Jonathan Taylor out of this out of this class, but he, but running the ball is like yeah, he's he's good. No, like don't get me wrong, but there's nothing special about it. That's the thing. It's like he's a very very dynamic player, but when you hand him the ball, you're not going to get the same as you're going to get when you give it to Taylor or DeAndre Swift. So, and, and I'm not really mentioning J.K. Dobbins much, only because I'm not very high on him. Um,
0: no, I'm not either. I just.
2: We just didn't really see much. It was the Justin Fields show last year, and Dobbins kind of took the back seat, and you're going to rank him at number two just based off upside. Like, yes, he had a great year, but when you're looking at taking a first-round running back, I don't think Dobbins falls into this.
0: No. Not, I mean, running back's one of those positions, too, where you don't have to take a top-10 guy to strike gold. You know, like, you could easily wait. Um, I mean, if it's a need, then yeah, I mean, you can't really wait, but you have no problem waiting until the third, fourth round to take a quarter uh, to take a running Look back. Maybe it. not to throw it's right in there in the starting role, but to at least have develop and, and figure out, you know, grow into his body, build some muscle mass, and then start figuring it out. So that's the one thing with running back. I hate drafting running backs, um, you know, especially so high in the first round. I mean, I don't really see any running backs going in the first round this year, but um Again, like we've said, unless it's like a generational talent like a McCaffrey, like a Saquon, um, then obviously you spend the pick for it. But I, I mean, this running back class isn't anything crazy. I think yeah, you should I mean, look at the model
1: that the 49ers yeah. kind of do, like a scum run, uh, scum, uh, scheme, you know, scheme the run game, like zone running. Well, what they did last year was crazy. Crazy. You can't you can't look me in the eye and tell me Raheem Mostert is like a, a, a top five running back. But it doesn't matter because they have built a team around not him, but they have that the, he has a team around him that is mm-hmm. able to get him five six yards and a scheme that is able to get him five six yards consistently. And really, anybody with some sort of you know running back talent can get five six yards.
2: The thing with that backfield though last year is that every single one of those running backs, whether it was um Jerick mckinnon whether it was matt burrito or raheem moser every single one of them can catch the ball out of the backfield mm-hmm. and you, you can put me behind an offensive line and if there's a hole there i'll be able to get you three yards three yards until i get to that second level but it's those guys that you can swing out and you can throw to that really 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 can change an offense.
1: you have yeah. to be dynamic you, yeah you, you, really be able to open you really think
2: you can do that stick you really think you can do that if, all right, if there's all I'm not saying I'm getting get past the <laughs> linebacker, but I can get through an open hole. I'm not going to fucking go over air. Listen,
0: this went on off air, but stick said he could tackle Derrick Henry. <laughs>
2: all right, moving on. Um,
0: I want to touch on the
2: offensive, oh, excuse me, offensive line prospects in oh my god. Um, specifically Love the tackle it. position, right um, in the trenches. You have guys pretty I mean, the guard, the guard lineup here is very very thin. But when you look at tackles and you look at centers, there are a lot of viable options to just retool your line. Um, starting at tackle with Jedrick Wills Jr. from Alabama, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, and Mackay Becton, whose drug test was flagged. Um, I don't know if we have results on that yet. Do we? I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters. Especially either, with, with the, new, drug with drug the new CBA,
1: it, it really it doesn't matter. I don't think uh, yeah, I don't think teams true. I don't think teams care much about that anymore as they used to.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe just a tiny minor flag, but with if those it's a recurring issue, line, then sure. I, yeah,
0: I don't have. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be quick here, stick. I don't really have much to talk about with the offensive line. I haven't really done too much um, research about it because, I mean, it's not a flashy position. And to be honest with you, I guess I really don't care too much. I just hope you pick the right one. Uh, but if you're gonna pick a lineman, top ten, top fifteen, even if you're gonna pick a lineman, you need to be so sure. That he's going to be that guy for the next five, ten years at least. Um, like I know, especially with, with the Giants and at, at four, Eric and even Flowers. before with the Giants when they took Eric Flowers and how big of a bust that was. Um, I mean, obviously that's extreme, and you know sometimes you, you hit the nail on the head, like the Colts did with Quentin Nelson. I mean, he's a beast, and he's not leaving the league for a while. Um, my thing with the linemen is you just have to be so sure. So I just have to pray to God that. Um, the front office does their homework and is so sure with the the offensive lineman that they pick him. Um that's all I have with regards to do, linemen.
3: Do you think do you guys think Gettleman takes Isaiah Simmons or or uh, like an offensive lineman? What do you I think? Mean, it's
2: looking like it's going towards offensive linemen. Oh but my god, going to I'm gonna pull out my hair. I'm going to pull out I, my hair if he takes a lineman. I personally like I was also listening to the radio again this morning. Um, I do it often. Um, and on WFAN, they're, they're talking about how, when you take, when you go kind of like what you were saying, Nick, when you go and you reach for an offensive lineman in early in the first round, you need to be sure that it's like Quentin Nelson, like something like that, like a guy that is just an absolutely huge freak of nature. He knows how to play the position and he just absolutely pancakes people. Mm -hmm. You can't, because if you miss on an offensive lineman, kind of like you mentioned with flowers, you can't use them in other ways. You miss on a cornerback. You miss on a safety. You miss on a on a linebacker. And they're and they're quick and they're athletic and they're they're they have God given talent. Like they're not going to kill you. They're not going to get you. They're not going to
0: murder a team. Like like when we had Eric Flowers at yeah. left tackle and he was terrible Eli got pummeled we had no running game that just completely takes out a whole facet of the game and like you said with like a cornerback or a safety or anybody on the really on the defensive end you can at least sub him in and out
2: get him some rest get him some time you can use them on special teams you can turn a guy into a huge special teamer like there are guys making careers right now just specializing in special teams get blocking punts um punt returning right um, and that's obviously fact, worst case you see scenario a guy like slater in new england and that guy is in the nfl strictly because he's a special teamer yeah, but you don't want to use your fourth overall pick on good. that
1: you don't you probably you don't, don't want to use any pick in. on
2: that i'm saying like if you're gonna go for a guy and you don't know that he for sure is that beast offensive lineman that you're drafting him for if you happen to do that and you reach for a guy on the defensive side of the ball, it's not like you just have Eric flowers sitting in your system and you can't use Eric flowers, any other place other than tackle. You can take a cornerback into safety and you can put him on special teams and you can actually use him as one of those spots because you're still paying that guy for four years. You're paying him his signing bonus and his top of the first round salary. But like, yeah, it sucks and you're not drafting a guy for the what if, if he becomes a special teamer, but you you can use guys in different ways and, and, Show their upside in many different ways when you're not taking an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, look, not my, a huge thing. But it, it's my, just, my
0: thing it's with so the cool. Giants at four, and you have such a high pick at four. If they keep it, which I think it would be smart for them to trade back and a couple of other picks with you know with the four spot, uh, maybe take advantage of that draft position and and like we said, the value at all the other positions throughout the throughout the the draft board. Um, you know if the Giants do stick at four you need to go for the talent you have to go for the talent you have to go for the for, for the for sure thing and that is Isaiah Simmons the Giants need an edge rush they need somebody to to, to 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 you know at least play man or zone coverage on a tight end if i have to see a tight end run free one more time like it's it's just it's so frustrating um and if you're gonna have that high of a pick you need to pick, the talent, the talent's there. I mean, the top five. You should be picking talent. You shouldn't really be picking fit. I mean, it, fit obviously plays a part into it. It's not like the Giants don't need a linebacker, but the talent is there. I mean, his
1: coverage is ridiculous. He could blitz. Like, come on. And to Stick's point, if he's not that good of a blitzer in in the pro level, he can at least coverage. There he you can know. at least you know play in coverage. And if he's not as good in coverage in the pros as he was in college, like you can like. Still use him in other ways. That position's yeah. versatile. Like mm-hmm. you miss that's on one aspect,
0: is- you can use him like you're saying in different facets of the scheme. If you draft an offensive lineman and he can't do, he can't block. Then what are you gonna do with him?
1: Mm-hmm. You yeah, can only you can't put, move him, your feet. put him you on
0: you the bench. Move. Yeah, I mean, put him on the bench. Put him on the practice squad. It's that's it's just so tough. If they stay at four, you got to go there for for the for sure thing. But that's just me.
2: All right. And moving on to center. I mean, the top center is Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan. And I was when I am I was putting together the captions for our, our Instagram series of a mock draft. I watched some tape on this guy and like, look, I'm I never played football at a high level, so I'm not <laughs> completely sure how to break down tape. That's but, why I talk about it, especially yes, when I'm an offensive <laughs> line. But when you see Cesar Ruiz line up on the ball at the line of scrimmage, this guy is in a full squat one hand on the ball, other hand pointing every which way he's reading a defense. He's reading a blitz package. He's picking up which gap these guys are going to blitz through and he's relaying it to his offensive line. He's coordinating. And look, I, I don't know if it's just me or I I, I would rather take like again for an offensive lineman. I would weight your smarts and your knowledge of the game much higher than any other possible skill other than footwork. Like, you can teach hands, you can teach footwork, but you just can't teach the game. I mean, you you can, but like if you got it, you got it. And like Cesar Ruiz has it. Like this guy is making changes, like quarterback like changes at the line from the center position and relaying it. And I I just think that's so unbelievable because you don't see that out of guys um, past his spot in this class. He's mm-hmm. also a that Michigan guy. offense.
1: Yeah, that Michigan offensive line is 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 good. Like they were very good. And Shea Patterson, their quarterback at Michigan did them no favors. He would stand stand in the, he would stand in the pocket for six seconds. And then instead of rolling, you know, into like scrambling outside the tackle box and getting hit by the only rusher on a side or, you know, making the wrong read and throwing the ball away, they gave him so much time at Michigan to be at least competent. And he couldn't do it, but Cesar Ruiz was the captain of that, you know, of that of that unit. I have him going 17 to the Cowboys. I think that's early, but they just had Travis Frederick retire.
0: Yeah, they have a need right there. They have a big hole. If
1: you're, if you're the Cowboys, you probably feel pretty good about what you have. You could probably trade back and still get Cesar Ruiz, but if you want to guarantee that you're going to get that guy, just take him at 17 if you're comfortable with everything else you have and, you know, everything that they've put on the field has been, you know, underwhelming, but.
2: If we're talking fired. about the, just the Cowboys, I'm, it's gotta be safety or center. One or the other. Yeah. I don't think they go any other direction.
1: Right. I agree. And if, if you trade back from 17, you're going to pick up additional assets and you can probably pick both in late first and the second round.
2: Yeah, completely agreed. But like after that, you have Cushionberry from LSU, you have Tyler Beatis from from Wisconsin, but but and Matt Hennessy from Temple, um, Ismail from San Diego State. But past that, like just a bunch of big offensive linemen. I mean, there's really like you just got to hit. That's it. Like, you really do, and and it, like, you got to hit. You there's see that you can
0: you can get value, especially at the offensive line position, not just from these big schools, but from the small schools. I mean, you see the Giants pounce on Will Hernandez, and I couldn't even tell you what school he went to. Louisiana Tech, Texas. He went to UTEP. UTEP. There you go. Wait, like the thing with that is, there's a bunch of big guys, um, out there blocking, and I'm not saying it's not a tough position to play because. I mean, I know I couldn't hit 300-pound defensive lineman repeatedly for three hours, you know, whatever. But when you take an offensive lineman in the first round, he needs to be such a sure thing, a freak of na- not like not a freak of nature, but just he's got to be good I mean he's got to be good and you got to be sure and I like how you were talking about with Ruiz and you know pointing out defensive coverages and and stuff like that Because especially at the center position you need I mean the center is like the quarterback of the offensive line I mean you need someone who knows what's going to be going on someone who's calling stuff out every play someone who's got the confidence um, so especially with that center position you really got to be sure and he's dense. Because he's
3: like 319 pounds
1: he is oh my god (laughs) large man you want to you want a sleeper offensive lineman let's hear it (laughs) shane lemieux from oregon the dude is a monster he is a big man and he is great in run blocking can't really pass block but that even he's got the physical ability to kind of learn that he was getting better as the season went on in oregon he got better as his career went on. He's more of a project. He's more of like a big dude that you hope can mold. But I think, he can, I think he can play. And based off what I've been watching from him, he's probably going to be a fifth or sixth round guy. But if you want to take a big guy at five and six and see what you have in, in the fifth and sixth round and see what you can do with him and see if you can mold him into a certain type of guy, I think you can take that risk. He's got great power. He can run block at a high level. He can't really pass block, like I said. But if you're if you can push guys around, that's at least a step. That's at least a first. Um, that's at least a first bit of, uh, you know, trait to go off. What
2: did you say his name was? Shane Lemieux. Shane Lemieux. There you go. You heard it first from Oregon. The, um, the next
0: great center in the NFL, right there.
2: All right, so I kind of want to pivot over to the defensive end and and the linebackers, or defensive line and linebackers. And starting off with this question, Chase Young was the talk of the town for how long? Um, It had to have been months and months and months on end. And once LSU started really making noise and going and going, it was more the Joe Burrow show. Um, In terms of the number one pick, Burrow's kind of a no-brainer. But even though Chase Young is still slotted in at two on pretty much every single draft board he has not been talked about i haven't seen much tape on espn just rolling in the background i have my tv on all the time and just like every time i look up it's just burrow to a herbert quarterback talk um wide receivers like who's top one but chase young is still this guy and i'm just curious whether that's because he, he's pretty much locked in at number two to the redskins and there's no sense talking about him or is there just is there something missing like is Is he not everything that he was all talked up to be before Burrow kind of emerged as that number one pick?
0: I mean, to be honest, I don't know. I mean, I think it's more so that he's just locked in. Um, I mean, he's, he's, he was locked in as the number one overall pick until Joe Burrow decided to just go, you know, bananas. Um, So I think it might, I think it just calmed down just because it's, there's no, he's going to the, he's going to the Redskins. No one really wants to talk about the Redskins.
1: Edge rusher isn't a flashy position where you can show highlights on ESPN all the time, right? If you think of, like who was when was the last time you saw constant um, defensive end plays on ESPN?
2: Yeah, I mean you don't see it often, but like the thing is like you you see like guys that are explosive like, um, Chasen from LSU. I think AJ Epinesa is possibly the best defensive end behind chase young in this draft and i think he has a potential to have an unbelievable career i see him more as like a a, like a jj watt kind of guy um but i, I don't know it, it's just like defensive end is weird like you do have a point there like it, you only really do get to the quarterback a certain amount of times and if you get if you get there three four times a game you had a good game so like yeah i mean you do have a point there but, mm-hmm. but still, like it's just weird. He's just really quiet, even on Twitter. Like, mm,
1: I don't know. You don't It's because he's been he's been he's anymore. been in the, the the other point is he's been in the public eye the entire time, right? He's been locked in at number two. You saw what you're going to see from him, and and he's there, right? The last the last time he's you true. really saw a, a, a defensive line, you know, consistently on SportsCenter was Jadavion Clowney coming out of South Carolina when he popped off the Michigan's oh, when he uh, running back's helmet, yeah, when, yeah, when, yeah, when he him. And then you look at your Divian Clowney, and you know it's he's he's had a good career, but he's not like he's not I the mean, player that everybody think expected of, from him.
0: Like I'm thinking of how, like what you said, sick. When was the last time I saw you know defensive ends being flashy on TV? And it's true. I mean, Aaron Donald is ridiculous. I mean, I when they just show highlights of him, it's like you're in awe, and they don't even show any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. that's you look at a guy, why, like I mean the media is always hyped around this, like the scale position Nick players. All um, you know, the game's over. obviously been like that guy is everywhere, like, shaping it, into a of offensive team game, team helping out the Nick receivers, Boses. uh the passing game and stuff like that. So obviously that's what the, the league is gonna benefit on. Um so that's probably why I think he, he's going a little quieter. I mean, he's still a freak athlete. Um
1: I mean I, I he's I, the best player in the draft. Absolutely he's he's, he's the absolute sure thing. Absolutely. Uh, to that point i've, I've um, seen more videos of aaron donald boxing the dude with the knives and getting his hand worked <laughs> than i've seen him blowing up the front line like it's, it's just it's just the way it it's just the way it is
2: it's the same thing with like you remember james harrison like he, he all, you see all of his gym videos of him just like i don't even know what that exercise is called where you you lay the 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 belt or uh, the the bar across your the your I don't know how to explain it, but like you're like, la- you're laying down, you got your legs up, you have the bar across your waist with a pad and you're kind of thrusting up. I've seen him put up more weight on that thing than I've seen James Harrison highlights
1: when he was in his, in his prime. Mm-hmm. And James thing. Harrison's a great, a, a, a great, uh, defensive defensive player. Player. He's a great linebacker. He's a great linebacker, but you just like, it just doesn't matter because you're yeah. not, because to that point, you're not in every single play. Like if you, like you said, if you get to the quarterback three times a game, like that's great. If you get to the quarterback, you know, once and you take them down, like even that's pretty good extrapolated over like a 16 game season. That's 16, that's ta- right. like 16 sacks. Like that's good. Plus, however many times you get there, it's just not flashy until you're mm-hmm. highlighting it. It's yeah, needed, I, but it
0: it's not hot. Hi- yeah. I mean, that, that's a mm-hmm. much needed aspect of the game, Um, you know, with the edge rushing. But, like you said, it's not flashy. That's not going to get you views. That's not going to get you, you know, sell your jerseys, sell out the stadium. Um, what's going to sell you out the stadium is the person throwing the ball or catching the ball. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not flashy. I mean, defense isn't flashy. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, <laughs> defensive players are flashy. They tend to try to be flashy. But, like, I, I've been watching. ESPN all day and they've been Aaron Payton's places. And uh, he was talking with Ray Lewis before and they were showing Ray Lewis highlights in home. Like, I don't remember seeing half those highlights that Ray Lewis was just demolishing people and eating mm-hmm. them up and smacking these guys into the ground. And I don't remember seeing any of those highlights, you know, when he was playing because that wasn't the important part of the game. I mean, the important part was, you know, the touchdowns
2: I completely agreed. Um, all right, so I want to touch on the linebackers quick, um, then we can move into the draft day odds um, offered right now on sports books because I know betting on sports is extremely hard at the moment unless you want to go overseas on some third world country league that nobody pong, really baby. follows ping and kind of take a <laughs> shot in the dark. Russian but... ping pong man and and Romanian. <laughs> yeah, it's electric, dude. You
1: don't know until you you don't know until you have.
0: I hear Fanduel's doing, Fan doing darts now. So you can gamble on darts if you really have an itch. <sighs> You could
2: always I don't get more darks. <laughs> um. All right. So anyway, yeah. Let's get into inside linebackers. There's really only two um, projected in the first round, and it's Patrick Queen out of LSU and Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Um, I mean, if you want to consider Simmons a linebacker um, as opposed to an edge rusher, then fine. But I mean, he's he's more just kind of a versatile utility defense, kind of do it all. I put him here, as
1: but... I put him as defense in my in my mock.
2: Defense, literally, because you can defense. put him anywhere.
1: Because that's what that, I mean. Him. That's his, that's that's where that's his words too. He was asked on the uh, the interview stand at the combine, "What position do you play?" And he just looked at the dude and just said, "Defense." So I'll take his word for it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it looks, and, and I like that defense is becoming more of a positionless. You know, positionless, uh, not sport, but aspect of the game. I mean, b- I mean, besides for the line and the D tackles, um, you know, going nose to nose with the, the offensive mm-hmm. line and everybody else. I mean, you need versatile players who can cover, who can tackle, who can, ha- who have the speed. You need intelligence. I mean, I feel like it's mm-hmm. becoming more of a positionless aspect of
1: the game right because to the, to that point if you have a if you have a if you have player A and player A is phenomenal at getting to the pass rush up the line like from the linebacker spot off the edge or through you know one of the gaps great if you're a quarterback you're looking over your offensive line you point at that dude and you're like oh crap he's going to come at me block that guy
2: mm-hmm. if you got
1: player B that's only dropping back into coverage and covering tight ends and stuff like that you're going to do the same thing where you're under center and you're like there's that guy tight end do something else let's audible out of it and you can get that guy you know in a different you know situation so you have to be versatile in the linebacker spot and these Absolutely. these line, there's there's more than there's more than just Isaiah Simmons just Isaiah Simmons does it the best
2: it's true and like I mean Zach Bond out of Wisconsin is probably the other person there that I would throw in that first round category um with Queen and Murray out of the linebackers, but I think Queen, aside from like when I, I mean, you're talking strictly inside linebackers, I think Queen is the most complete linebacker. Oh, I've seen a lot, a lot, a lot of projections where they're saying that Murray is that guy. Um, he's like a four or five linebacker, um, has the ability to blitz. He he's a more of a pressure kind of guy. Where Queen has that head on his shoulders where he his play recognition is his thing. It's, that's where he's off the charts where he can fill a gap and meet a running back at the line of scrimmage like it's nobody's business. Um he's unbelievably quick. Him and Chasen really made that LSU defense what it was um, pressure wise last year and just let that secondary and, and Grant Delpit just kind of roam and, and do what they had to do. So yeah, I mean look I, I don't know. So I'm just curious what you guys think. I mean I haven't really done too much research, especially in the linebacking
0: uh, with the linebacking position. Um, I can tell you that I have watched, like I said, i watched minimal tape, but I do like um, Shaquille Quaterman out of Miami. Um, you know, Miami, their defense came alive this year after Miami's kind of been down the past three, four years uh, as a school. Um, he held down the defensive end, uh, or the, defense, the defensive position. He was anchoring him down in the middle. Um, like you said, he's a good, you know, you, you need somebody out there to call the plays and to kind of direct – the defense and to, to do what they're supposed to do. I mean, to relay the information to the quarterback of the defense. And that's just so important, especially at the linebacking position, because that's usually, you know, who directs the defense around. Um, So I think Quarterman's going to be a little bit of a sleeper. I don't know where he's going to go in the draft. I mean, the the linebacking position does seem a little bit deep, not saying that the talent's there, just saying it is a deeper position. Um, Maybe late, late two, early three, something like that. I'm not too concerned about Mm -hmm.
1: that. I'm with you. I'm with you on Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray uh, uh, after Isaiah Simmons. Those are obviously the next that next tier. Uh, both are very good. Um, Patrick Queen is like you said, stick his ability to read the play, even in passing. You know, passing downs, running downs. Like it's he can read that offense and make a play, and that's something that translates over to um, the next level. Your ability to see what is going on and at least have a plan of attack within within you know, your scheme. The The problem there is he doesn't have that kind of like, he's not like a thumper, right? He's not going to hit you and knock you out, right? He's going to struggle he'll, a little bit. on
2: He's not going to knock you back. Yeah. He'll stand you up. but He's not going to knock you back. Mm-hmm. And, and that's pretty much it.
1: I worry. I worry. He's going to, you know, have problems tackling some of the, you know, better running backs in this league. Um, I think he goes too much at it with his arms as opposed to like his entire body. And when he does go at it with his entire body, he's, he's good. He's just not in great positions to always make tackles. Uh, Kenneth Murray, on the other hand, he's a phenomenal tackler. He's going to get in your face and he's going to make plays. He was a captain four-year starter for Oklahoma. And you can say what you want about an Oklahoma defense, but like they usually pump out one good player. And I and think they weren't terrible
2: areas. last year either. Like they, they when they had to hold points low and, and play a tight game, mm-hmm. um, not like something that they're not necessarily used to. Like they, they, they got it done. I
1: think they were able to get. They, they, they were susceptible to getting like picked apart, though. They got picked apart by Baylor. They got picked apart by LSU. But who doesn't get picked apart by LSU? Which is exactly. just the way it went last year. Um, I have a sleeper. Well, maybe not a sleeper. He's kind of the, the you know, next tier behind those guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. Willie Gay out of Mississippi State. He is. Can kind of do what Isaiah Simmons does, just not on that level. I think he's going to go a lot higher than projected. Uh, He's really. Like, he's pretty good in coverage. He's really rangy, but he doesn't have that decision making that some of these other guys do. So he's going to be there. I have another guy, too, Davion Taylor out of Colorado. He's kind of the ball of clay in this linebacker class where you can kind of take what he has. He's only been playing football now for, I think like three years. So you can take what he has and you can try and fit that in your defense, whether you want him to be a pass rusher and just teach him technique and speed and plays, or if you want him to drop into coverage, he can do what you want, but you have to be able to, you have to be able to develop him.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, what what kind of scheme do you would you see him fitting in?
1: I think it's, I think it's always easier to rush than it is to, you know, drop back into coverage and mm-hmm. make it, you know, and play like and play your zone or play, you know, a man, especially if that dude is, you know, a tight end like I know he's not in the league anymore, Rob Gronkowski, who's going to like physically dominate you, or even a guy like Evan Engram, who is going to like.
0: What a solid route. The
1: outside. Right. So I think for him, at least getting started, I think it's going to be Covering, rushing. To I, I have
0: to, you know, and, and I know, Stick, you said before about how we're, you know, we aren't professionals. We didn't play football at a high level um at all but when i played I, I remember i was a linebacker when i was playing back for the boys and girls club and the hardest thing <laughs> ever was recognizing whether or not to drop back into coverage and then actually getting into that coverage and making that play and i mean i was right only now time's 12 up years by old. a thousand exactly i was only 10 12 years old and i couldn't figure it out and I, I can only imagine how it is with grown men who've been doing this their whole life um you know it's really not an easy thing to do so it's tough you know you really get to, to find someone like Simmons who's just so head over head over heels above everybody in his skill set what he can do um is so important and it's so valuable
2: all right i want to move on to the the draft day odds we're closing in on an hour here um i'm thinking of running through this and then we'll just give our picks we'll go circle around and close this out and call it a show um all right team 2 draft to tagovaloa um we have Miami, I'm gonna keep the relevant ones in here, not the other ones, unless somebody oh. has an a write-in ballot. <laughs> but um, we'll go Miami at plus down. 100, Chargers at plus 170. Um, and let's go with Detroit at plus 750 and the Raiders at plus 750. I mean, I don't think anything like, else even is a, even a, I impossible. mean, I
0: think Jacksonville plus nine. I mean, I don't
1: see him trading up for it, but there could be value in that. If he falls, if he's if the rumor of him actually falling is is you know legitimate. And he's there. Mm-hmm. Why not? Mm-hmm. You have a new. You have a new quarterback coach and Ben McAdoo. Ben <laughs> McAdoo was. Kind of, I oh mean, my God. say what you Thing say. say what you say. What you say. What you want about him as the the Giants' uh, coach and quarterback coach and offensive coordinator, or the uh, the offensive coordinator and the head coach for his for his three year spell, two and a half years, whatever you want to call it. Um, he's widely. Um, praised for being instrumental in the development of Aaron Rodgers. Um, whether it's, you know, just because he was in the position and Aaron Rodgers turned out to be good and it's just coincidence, whatever, but he's going to get the, the the credit for that. And if they think that he can do it with Gardner Minshew, then so be it. If he, if, if Tua falls to him and you have a dude that you believe in that can develop him, fantastic. Uh, I think the best bet here, though, is Miami. I'm not buying he's falling off draft boards, especially Miami's. I think they need a quarterback. I think they're set up to take Tua.
0: Yeah. 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 At plus 100, at least you're making money. I agree. Mike?
3: Yeah, I agree. I think Herbert goes to the Chargers, too. So that's why I think Tua takes Miami. uh, Miami takes Tua.
0: I listen, and the next the, the next one I guess we'll bring up is the team to be drafted first, Tua -136 or Justin Herbert +108. Um I am a am huge on Herbert. I think Herbert's going to get drafted before Tua. I would take Herbert +108 absolutely.
2: I agree. I like to I agree with there. that.
0: I love I, I love that. Um I I'm very close to actually putting money on it. Uh, I mean, I guess why not? There's really nothing to bet on anymore, so I, I'll probably end up throwing some money on the Herbert before Tua. Um, and that's pretty much strictly based on Tua sliding down boards. Um, we talked a little bit before about Miami and how if they're unsure about the whole health history, why bother taking the risk and just take a shot next year? Um, so I'm banking on that. I'm going to take Herbert plus 108.
2: Now, we don't have this on our prep sheet. Um, we have Herbert versus Love. Um, Herbert at minus 950 and plus, five, or plus 560 for Love. But, I mean, I feel like if we're all taking Herbert above Tua, then this is kind of, eh, it's whatever. But I, I don't have the odds for it, but I think this is going to be interesting to go over. On the off chance that Jordan Love does get taken high in the first round, does he go before Tua?
0: No. I don't think Herbert. I mean, I don't think Love goes before Tua. I think Love's that guy who's going to slide a little bit in the draft. Um, I could see maybe a team panic drafting and taking him towards the end of the first round. Um, I do think he's an early second-round pick, I think, he's somebody that you do have to develop. I mean, he's been compared to, especially in his build, he's been compared to um, Patrick Mahomes with the large frame, uh, the playmaking ability, the arm, but the talent just obviously isn't at the same level that Mahomes talent levels at. Um, So I know if you, if you take love, you, you gotta be able, you gotta be in for um, a project. And I don't think he
2: goes before. I don't think Jordan
0: love goes before Herbert.
2: Gotcha. Okay. I mean, yeah. Look, love is that project. Like we've all, mm-hmm. we've mentioned um, it's just like, he makes mistakes. He led the nation in interceptions last year, interceptions. And and this guy is a, is a first round possible talent. Like it, it doesn't like athleticism. He's a first round talent, but as a complete quarterback, I, so I think you pin him in the second round and that's where you got to take that chance. Just like you said. So, I mean, for what it's worth,
0: like ESPN does the draft grades, um, or not the draft grades the the grades for every you know draft player, um, and they have Jordan Love his grades a ninety and Herberts an eighty nine if that's worth anything.
2: <laughs> I mean,
0: not really. It's you, absolutely look, worth going nothing. back to we've
2: said it a million times in this past hour, but you just never know. You, you literally never know.
0: never know. No, I mean, I, I like Love in the long term. I think he's going to be a great quarterback in the league. Um. I think he he'll get on. The, if he goes to the right team, he's going to excel. And I, I do, like I said, I do love Jordan Love. Um, I think he's gonna he's gonna have a great career ahead of him. Um, I just don't see him going before Justin Herbert. Yeah, no, I I agree.
3: And you don't see him going um, before Tua either, right?
0: That's where. I, uh, It depends how far Tua slides. I don't think Tua slides. The thing is, Tua's not going to slide out of the first round. Um, There's no way that Tua slides out of the first round, and I don't think Jordan Love's going to jump up high enough into the first round where he's going to surpass Tua, so I I don't think so.
2: All right, well, let me pose it as this in terms of odds. If you got Herbert minus 950 and Love plus 560 against each other, say you had Tua minus... Three hundred and Jordan Love plus two fifty. What would you take? I would still probably take Tua. Tua? Right.
0: I think two is. I was trying bet. to get a sense. No, I know. I think two is a safe bet. Yeah. I mean, he's sliding, and I mean, whether the reports are true or not, um, I don't think he slides past. Let me look. Let me look at the, the board.
3: I think the Dolphins are still going to take him. I really think they are. are.
0: Yeah, I mean, Miami's well, got the first magic There's no way that he falls far enough in the first round where. Jordan Love gets picked before him, unless Jordan loves that guy. I mean, unless some team looks at Jordan Love and they say, listen, that's my guy and I'm going to get him in the, you know, in the first round, I don't want him going anywhere else. Like kind of how the Giants took Daniel Jones at eight instead of 16, um, cause Gatlin was so sure on him. Like if that's how a team feels and that's how a team feels. But from my personal standpoint, uh, standpoint, I don't really see Jordan Love going in the first round. I don't think he should. Um, I know ESPN's mock has him going to the Raiders at 19. Um, uh, but I do think that's a little bit too high. If Gruden doesn't like
2: Derek or is it Derek? David? Yes. Oh, I hate there. There's both of them, but it drives me nuts. If Gruden does not like what he has with Carr, I, I mean, cannot picture him getting a project quarterback. Like no, but he, he, they it's did just,
0: pick up Marcus Mariota and you do have to keep that in the back of your mind. So that can kind of set them back another year, you know, try both quarterbacks if you really have to, and maybe reset the quarterback position for the year after. Um, I mean, the Raiders have a lot more issues that I think they need to address besides the quarterback position. Um, like, especially... That's, that's that's the only thing with the Raiders. I, right now they need wide receiver help. Um, their offensive line is depleted. Their defense was decent. They need to help their de- their secondary too. Um, also,
3: yeah, they can use a cornerback.
0: They just don't really have a need at the quarterback position that needs to be filled this year. So why waste no. that on a first-round
2: pick? I agree. All right. Um, Moving on. So, I mean, we've talked about this. Do you want to just go rapid fire for this one? CD Lamb minus 118, Jerry Judy minus 108. Who goes first? I'm going to go with – I think CD Lamb goes first. I don't rank him number one, but I think he goes first.
0: I think Jerry Judy goes first. I, I like Lamb more than Judy, but I think Judy goes first.
2: Lamb, he's going first.
0: Mano? What's up, Mano? All Silent Mano. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, clean sweep with Jerry Judy before C.D. Lamb. All right, let's rock. Who's next?
2: All right. Um, okay, so let's see. Let's move over to this. We've, we've touched on number one overall pick. It's going to be Burrow minus 7,000, which is a crazy number. Um, number two talent. overall pick. Um, oh, Mano's coming back. Look at this. Um, for number two overall pick, you got Chase Young minus 1,200. Um, number three overall pick. I mean, it's kind of the same conversation we've had. Um, we have Okuda at plus 110, um, Tua plus 180, uh, Herbert plus 350, Simmons plus 950. Um, the three picks. It, it's just so far this, up this conversation. Head. I, I yeah, This is all just based it. on that quarterback, the conversation that we had in the beginning. I just wouldn't touch this
0: prop at all because you don't know what's going to happen at the three spot. I mean, it's not a sure thing that the Detroit Lions even keep the pick, you know, if they keep the pick, Okuda's is a safe bet at plus 110. Um, but like you said, if Miami trades up, you know, they're going after their guy, whether it's two or Herbert. Um, but I think, I mean, I know the list goes on with Simmons, Chase Young, if he's still available, um, Derek Wills, Jeldrick Will, or Derek Brown, Jeldrick Wills. And I don't think an offensive lineman's going to go three overall. Um, it's just the three is kind of up to whether or not they trade out and I, I just wouldn't touch three if I knew for certain that Detroit was keeping that pick I'd feel better about you know probably if I knew Detroit was keeping that pick I'd feel safe with Okuda at 110 um, but because I don't know what they're gonna do with three I just wouldn't touch it
2: yeah no I agree I mean that's something to look at like if you start seeing news come out um, if you get that breaking news like that one key piece of information that you that possibly hints at a quarterback trade with the Lions involved or a, a draft day trade with the lines involved where someone's moving up and taking their pick. Then you look at Tua at plus 280 and you look at Herbert at plus 350. And then those are very attractive numbers to mm-hmm. take for this prop. So I don't know. It's just something that you got to give time for. Because um, what's the prop value that uh, uh, Okuda plus 110, Tua plus 280, Herbert plus 350 for the number three overall pick. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much based off that second quarterback off the board conversation.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we still don't have Mano here. This is the problem with re- recording remotely. Um, I don't know what's going on, but I think we should wrap up. Um, well, just well before we wrap up, we 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 could talk about
0: the value of the. I do like talking about the, the Giants, so I do. I wouldn't mind talking about the Giants' first pick, um, the value that they at least have. So right now, the live odds that I have. Um on FanDuel's Jedrick Jedrick Wills Jr. going at plus one ten, Isaiah Simmons 270, Tristan warfs, 300, um, Andrew Thomas 950, and Makai Becton plus eleven hundred. Um I don't, listen, I'm hammering I've already put my bet in on Isaiah Simmons two weeks ago. Um, I really hope it pans out because I think that's the smart safe. Um that's the right pick for the Giants, I think, at the four spot if they decide to keep it. Um, but again, that that can change if they trade back. Then obviously, this whole thing gets blown up. So,
2: yeah, no, that that's true. It's all positional, and I mean that's why they're bets because you just never know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I would put my money on Simmons. Also, I, I could also see Gettleman, Gettleman, kind of just throwing out a bunch of smokes all over the place trying to just confuse the crap out of everybody, especially with the, the possibility of trading up and really trying to figure out what the idea is around the league and like who can possibly jump him. Because if somebody like it's it's not only possible that you jump up and grab a quarterback, but it's possible you jump up and you grab Simmons because you think the Giants are going to take him and you are in love with him. Mm-hmm. Like you never know. And and that's the thing. So yeah, I would put my money on Simmons there. Mike,
3: no, yeah, I agree. I have a bet in on Simmons as well, so I'm hoping that hits, and I think it is the smart, the smart idea.
2: <sighs> yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily the smart bet, but it's definitely the, uh, it's definitely the hopeful pick for us Giants fans. So we're gonna roll with that. Um, Simmons at plus two fifty. Um, want to touch on the Jets first pick also. We got CD Lamb at plus three fifty, Jerry Judy plus three fifty, um, Andrew Thomas plus five hundred, Jedrick Wills plus six hundred. Henry Ruggs at plus 700 and Becton at plus 750. So it's pretty much between offensive line and wide receiver for the Jets and offensive line and linebacker or an interior defensive lineman for the Giants. So, yeah, I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb for the Jets. I think they don't let him pass, and I think he gets there. I agree. He's going to
3: fill the C.J. Anderson um, role. Robbie Anderson? Robbie Robbie Anderson.
2: Anderson. (laughs) 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 Um, Not the running back.
0: You think about it; they're gonna have, they're probably gonna have their pick at wide receiver, who they like the best, whether it's Ceedee Lamb, whether it's Jerry Judy, whether it's Henry Ruggs. Um, Cleveland's ahead of them, Jacksonville's ahead of them, Arizona's ahead of them, and Carolina's ahead of them. And neither of those teams need wide receivers. Carolina's fine at the wide receiver position. Arizona just got D Hop; they don't have to worry about that. Um, Jacksonville's doing just fine with DJ Chark and C D and uh, not CD, I'm sorry, D Westbrook. Cleveland's fine with Jarvis and OBJ. So the Jets really get their first. Their Jets, I think, are going to get their choice at ele- uh, at the 11th pick. And I think they end up going with Jerry Judy. I think CeeDee Lamb is the is a better choice, but I think they're going to pick Jerry Judy. Because you know you're going to get out of Jerry Judy. You know his route running abilities. Um, You kind of need somebody who is going to do it all for Sam Darnold. Um, he needs some help. They lost Robbie Anderson. Um, so they're going to be in trouble. They signed they, they yeah. signed Brashard Perriman if that really um is gonna change your mind about anything, but
2: I don't think so. Hey, he popped off for three touchdowns or four touchdowns last year for in one game, so he's got it in him. You just gotta show it. See, I'm wondering why the ESPN mock draft has that has
0: Jacksonville taking Jared Judy. I don't know either. Um I don't like they need defense. Jacksonville needs, I don't really know where Jacksonville stands. Um, they're definitely in a rebuilding stage. I know the the reports have just come out that they're trying to shop Leonard Fournette. Um, but they definitely need their help on the defensive end, especially after giving away J Jalen Ramsey. Um, you know, they definitely need help in the secondary spot. You know, maybe they're a possible contender, maybe to trade up and try to get Okuda, or if Okuda slides to them at nine, that would probably be very good for them. Um, I can even see him picking up an offensive lineman at nine, but I don't know why they have him taking Jerry Judy.
2: Yeah, it's a little weird.
3: If anything, they can uh, use like a running back or a tight end. They don't need a wide receiver.
0: No, yeah. I think it's a big reach if they go for, um, if they go for a wide receiver at nine for something they don't really need. I mean, DJ Chark last year played phenomenal. I mean, he pretty much, he saved two, two out of my three uh, fantasy leagues. I know that for sure. Um, and he's obviously has, he already, he obviously already has that rapport with Gardner Minshew. Um, Jacksonville's kind of set on Gardner Minshew too, which I don't know if that's going to be a good or bad idea, but I guess that's a debate for another day.
2: Exactly. No, it's just up in the air. showing that you just truly never know. We've harped on it a million times this episode, but Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've covered everything up to this point. We still don't have Mano back on the call, but I'm going to wrap this up. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Um, We're happy to be back talking sports again, um, bringing you guys the content that you want. Um, Stay tuned for our NL um, National League MLB preview Um, should be coming at you momentarily within a week or two. Um, Our, American League Preview is still out there. Um, you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, on YouTube. Um, follow us on Twitter at CapsOnSports and on Instagram at CapsOn.Sports. Um, anybody else have any closing remarks? Not really. I mean,
0: all yeah, I, was no. I, I know this sport. This this time is tough without sports. So just bear with us. We're doing what we can. Uh, if you guys have any ideas, let us know. Um, we're going to be try to be spitting out a little more, uh, a little more content now because everyone's just kind of sitting around the house. Nobody really wants to work from home. Um, so we're going to try to keep it interesting for you guys.
2: Mike, nothing.
3: Yeah, nothing. Nothing really for me.
2: All right. So I guess man doesn't have anything either. So. As always, we'll keep the cap on for you, and stay safe, stay healthy, um, wash your hands, use hand sanitizer, social distance, do anything you have to do so we can squash this, get sports back, and we can get back up and yeah, running at our full capacity off, like we yeah. want. So I want to play yeah, golf. So so golf.
3: today would have been a perfect day for some golf. Let's just drive up to, right. like, Vermont.
2: Sure. Yeah, we might as well. All right, so anyways, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Go Giants.